Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alessandra, and this is Emily here with me. And this is All by the Popcorn. Um, it's a podcast. This is the part two of our intro. So I guess it goes without saying that if you haven't heard the first episode, part one, maybe you should go find that somewhere. <laughs> um, but anyways, I guess we'll just take up where we left off. Yeah. So after musicals, I put the contemporary gangster movies... The first one I put is The Godfather, 1972, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie, I would say, is the best film of all time. What do you think? Best film of all time? Yeah, of like all the whole genre of movies. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel confident enough to make that decision. Yet. It is hard to say, but I would say it's that. I, I have not seen nearly enough movies to make that call just yet. All right. But so, no. Okay, but this this movie is so complex it is yet simple like it makes no sense that it would be so complex yet simple but it is and oh we just we just fell in love with the son um you did i mean i i thought he was great i mostly just really liked i just really liked the overall story like the family aspect the the business aspect and just the the gore love it Diane Keaton and Al Pacino. Like, Mm. Al Pacino's girlfriend is Diane Keaton. But he, like, goes to Italy for a little bit, goes to Sicily, then he comes back. Did you know that this movie got a hundred meta score? Did it really? Yeah. Then it might just be the best movie of all time. I'm telling you, man. Just so you know, this this is our first introductory video that you're gonna gonna learn some stuff about us. We (laughs) heavily... Heavily go by the Metascore. I, I, know, I know more than I, Rotten Tomatoes. I, I know people for sure. like Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. No, I don't like. It I don't much. trust Rotten Tomatoes. I I think I think I don't know why we trust Metascore. I've been I've been told that that you know it actually has some critic merits to it, but you know Metascore I think is just fully. I know it has some critics in there that really aren't. Because I think like, Rotten critic Tomatoes critics. has a critics one and they have a popular choice one. You see, and I can't tell which. See, one I don't which. know which. And you, and I don't know which one to, what, what they're talking about when they're talking about film trailers. They go, Rotten Tomatoes, 100% or something. And it's like, but is that the people? Or is that the it's, critics? It's going to be the people. Because, right. Because people just will rate something. And and I'm sorry, but I really don't care what the people have to say. I care what <laughs> critics have to say. Maybe you should be a critic then. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, after The Godfather... We watched uh, what Goodfellas, directed by Martin Scorsese, nineteen ninety. Which I don't remember a lot of that because I was probably asleep. Oh my, dude, we need to watch. That is one of my favorite movies. I know I do want to watch that one over. That again. movie is so good. Like, ah, uh, it's just so good. Such a good movie. 
I mean, it's basically The Godfather, but it's like... <sighs> but it's Scorsese's version. It's like Scorsese's gangster. Mm-hmm. And it's so... It's a chronological movie that takes place over, like, 15 years or something. So it takes place over a while mm-hmm. when you follow the, the story of Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. Um... In his like drugs and stuff, and but it's really and ex- his eyeliner excellent. He looks like he's wearing eyeliner all the time, but he's not. I think that's just his eyes. Mm-hmm. But he's a pretty young guy in this movie, and he's pretty attractive for the most part. And then he kind of gets older, and it's not as much. But he's he's a lot younger than mm-hmm. than you really would see him. Um, we should watch that though. We'll okay. watch it together, and yeah, I'll watch it over again. Um, we also watched Raging Bull. And that was 1980 by my Martin Scorsese. Now, I remember thinking this movie was good, but I didn't like it that much. I was probably also asleep. I'm sorry. How are you asleep so much? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't, why are you even here? This is the bad part, because. <laughs> it was also in black and white, though. Her, her class was always very warm. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it was, was it was after day. lunch, wasn't it? Okay, this is the thing. I've been noticing this at work. I get I get what I call the after lunch nappies, where I feel very tired well, after a lunch. A lot of the class did too. And it, there were a lot of kids sleeping. I really tried not to sleep a lot, but one it was after lunch, which after I eat, I can get tired sometimes. And then her class was very warm. Which also makes me feel comfortable and sleepy. Yeah. And then the lights are off. Yeah, so the that's, lights that's are off. Just, that's, that's a perfect just a, storm. That's an invitation. What did she expect? That's an invitation to sleep. Okay? And this movie was also in black and white. And those desks are very comfortable, okay? To sleep No, on. they weren't. I mean, during class. I mean, and how often do you get to just sleep during class? I'm sorry. I took I took every chance I could. Rachel, I, really, I really enjoyed it. It was my favorite class. I'm sorry. Robert De Niro plays... Raging Bull. Yes. I don't remember this guy's name, but no. I remember he marries. He plays Raging Bull. <laughs> He's a boxer. He's a great character. He, he gets beat up a lot. He gets punched like so much in this movie. It's like punch, 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 punch. That's like probably eighty percent of the movie is I do, him I getting do remember his face his nose, knocked in. His nose being his very whole bloody. face is like swollen the entire movie. I do remember that. And they're like. Raging Bull, you gotta stop. That's not his name. <laughs> no, it's like J- it's Jake. Jake LaMotta. That's his name. See, I even remember this. Good for you. Jake LaMotta. They're like, Jake, you gotta stop. You gotta, you know, stop being a boxer now. You you know, you got some kids. You got a, some wives to look after. Cause he, <laughs> some wives? He got married several times in this movie. Oh, okay. The first one was like to this blonde 15-year-old girl. It was like, oh. I don't know where, he just... This is like a real guy, too. Jake LaMotta was a real boxer. That's like about this guy. And, um, yeah. It's like getting his face back. He just was getting beat up the entire movie. It was really good, though. So, was he even that good of a boxer? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he wins in the end. I think he probably dies. I I don't don't remember. I just fight. But the black and the white was really good in this. Like, the, the cinematography. I'd also like to put in some context that we did not take this class, like, two years ago. No, it was, was several... This is like it a, was, like, six or seven years ago. It was a while six, ago. Six, seven, or eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember. 
I, I mean, that's why it was so hard for us to, to make up this list. We really did a good job. Which is very difficult, yeah. Okay. It's a very long list. <sighs> okay. We're getting through here. Um, now we have neo-noir, because we already had the film noirs, but now we have neo-noir. Yes, I was awake through all of these. I'm going to do it from the earliest. Okay. Okay, which is 1955, which I, I put this in here, and I don't think it really qualifies, but I put it in here anyways. Rebel Without a Cause. Sure, why not? I mean, it wasn't completely neo-noir, but it, you could you could make an argument that it was, because... What does neo-noir mean? It's like the, the film noir with the, like, central character being very, like, a brooding person who the world is against, and then just, there's a film fatale, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's the way that it is with, with James Dean mm-hmm. in this movie, and in, um, he's he's, like, fighting against the world, and he's totally misunderstood and mm-hmm. they him and uh natalie wood natalie wood and then this other guy who, i don't remember his name i don't know i remember he's like a mexican guy though i remember him being latino because it was it took place in los angeles mm-hmm. so and then they go up to the the getty Griffith, no the griffith observatory, observatory yeah. that's and that was a big icon in this movie and uh surprisingly james dean um Rachel, no, Wood. Natalie Wood. I keep wanting to say Rachel Wood, but that's not right. Natalie Wood and this other guy, I forgot his name, the other kid in this movie, they all died really young. They all died, like, before they turned 30. Mm. Yeah, like, Natalie Wood died, like, in Catalina or something. It's a conspiracy man. Yeah, they all died, like, so early, and they were in this movie about being young and crazy, and it's just like, that's, that's weird, right? That's a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, but did you like this movie? Do you remember? I remember his red jacket. No. What? I, I remember Nellie Wood's curly hair. Brown hair. Yeah. And and I remember them being up at the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. Um What about the car chase? Remember that? The part? chase? Yeah, or the, there was a car a car uh they were like gonna go at each other with their cars. Yeah, the, the chicken. The game chicken. Of, the game of yeah, chicken. The game of chicken, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do remember that part. Yeah. I, but not much, though. All right, maybe we I should watch that one again. I don't, don't remember Because I remember liking it. I don't remember much. I remember liking it, too. I just I don't remember much happening. Yeah. Okay. Then we had um, Chinatown. Director Roman Polanski, 1974. This movie is a shocker. Th- this movie just throws you in for the loop. Chinatown. I don't remember much of this one either. Oh my goodness, man. My memory is very bad. Like okay, a, like a so bonefish. Jack Nicholson is investigating some uh, Department of Water and Power The lady from Bonnie and Clyde's in it. Faye Dunaway is in it. She's amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, you remember her, though, in this. I love her hair. Yeah. She's like... She, her and the, the main character, Jack Nicholson's character... Um, I remember they went into the forget water Forget it, plant. Jake. It's t- Chinatown. Yeah. They go into the water. So they're investigating some water conspiracies. And that's what it's about. It's about... And, and they're, like, on Catalina. They go around. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it turns out that people are using this water, like, badly. I think that they're abusing it and trying to get more money off of it. And one of those people is Faye Dunaway's father in the movie. And then mm. it turns out that Faye Dunaway's father raped her, and they have a child together, remember? Ew. And then she's like, 
who's this chick? And she's a little bit off, you know, this, this girl. And she's like, it's my sister. And he, she slap, he slaps her. He's like, it's my daughter. It's my sister. It's my daughter. You don't remember that part? Maybe. Yeah, she's like, he's like slapping her. And she's like, sister, daughter, sister, daughter. And it's like so shocking. It's a really shocking movie. That part does sound familiar. Okay, well, I'm going to move on since you don't remember a lot about it. I really don't. Blade Runner, 1982, director Ridley Scott. Yes. Yes. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford during his prime time. I love this movie. I watched it again recently. I feel like I watched it again recently, too. Maybe. Yeah. It's it's a very... There's saxophone in it. and takes place in the future. They're making another one. It's so exciting. I know. So this guy, okay, so I barely remember the plot of this one either because there's so much stuff that happens. He's, this guy, they have robot people plus real people. Mm-hmm. And. The robot people have the lifespan of like three years. Yeah. And so they like use these robot people for like specific tasks and stuff. And sometimes you can't tell who is well, real and who's they're not. They're actually, the, they actually work on other planets. As slaves. Oh. And then some of them escape and come to Earth. Yes. And some of those are like the guy with the white hair and uh, the actress with the man's name. With the perm. With the perm. (laughs) What's her name? I don't know. (laughs) She has a, she has a male name. Like it's like Drew or something. Maybe. And then, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of layers to this movie. Um. Yeah, because then, because then there's, like, the part at the end where you're like, is that guy? Right, but you're like, is Harrison Ford a replicant? Like, what, is he, like, oh, you know, it's good. (laughs) Anyways, gonna move on. I also just liked how smoky it was. Oh, so smoky. Like, how, how hard to see. So I didn't have, like, I didn't know what to do for this, like, specific genre era. I put cerebral, because there's a lot of movies that make you think about stuff. The first one, maybe not so much, but the rest of them, yeah. So I put The Graduate, 1967, director Mike Nichols. I liked this movie a lot. I liked it too. Young Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Straight out of high school. Sitting in the pool. Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Man, Mrs. Robinson. Are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? I just thought it was a little messed up how he just, like, kept going back and forth between between the mom and the daughter. Yeah. That's just, like, really, It was weird. It's really gross. So, wasn't, wasn't a big fan of him for that. But yeah. then... But then he just marries the girl. I don't know. Well, no, he doesn't they, marry. They, they run away. He yeah. take yeah, he takes her, and then they had that great moment in the she, back. She was wearing she was wearing a white dress though, wasn't she? She, she was, was going to get married. She was gonna get married, and he stole her from her own wedding. Oh, um, and then they go in the back of the get the bus, and then they're like, "What do we do now?" The, it's like the ultimate "what now" moment. Is the end of that movie. Oh, her name was Pris. Yeah, Daryl Hannah. Who's oh, also, her her real name? You know, yeah, Daryl Hannah. She's also oh. in uh, Sense Eight. 
That's right. That's right. We love Sensei. Okay. Ah, oh, great. Okay. Um, moving on. Now we have One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 1975. Which I remember liking that a lot. Yes, that evil nurse ratchet. She was hilarious. Oh, that movie was great. And just all the characters. Jack like, Nicholson the, is so good. Yeah, and all the guys and like the the big strong silent guy. He just like he like just picked up this like heavy thing and just like. <laughs> Threw it through the wall and <laughs> like all escaped. Uh, that was hilarious. Well, I think we should have a uh, a, a podcast about asylum slash like you know uh, mental hospital stories because there's actually a lot of a lot of movies. So ones that aren't scary. Yeah, not scary ones. Okay. Um, I okay. I don't like scary stuff. Next, what I have in cerebral is Lost in Translation. Director Sofia Coppola, daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, two thousand three. Which I was not here. So, yes, you did not see this movie. I did not see I it. I have seen this movie, and I say we watch it again. Watch it for the first time. Yeah. I have not seen it. It is good. Okay. I forget That's all I'm going to say, because okay. you need to see it. I do, um, I do need to see it. It's it, on Netflix. should really watch it. It's, it's, you're going to enjoy it. Okay. Uh, okay. Then I have Fight Club, 1999, director David Fincher. This one. This is the gem. This is a gem. Right here. I know. This movie is amazing. That was... It was great. Because I was in love with Jared Leto at the time, and so Jared Leto oh, was he in is it in this, for like yeah. a second. And I, uh, but how your mind has changed. Yeah. Oh my. He's alright, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I do remember like Ed Norton, great. Yeah. Brad Pitt, great. Helena Bonham Carter. Great! Ugh. The Just, list goes on about how this movie... It's so dark. The aesthetic of this movie is great. Like, just the mind... Like, the... Oh, the, the sequences where you... If you even left your... If your eye even left the camera, like, it'll blink Brad Pitt out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <sighs> and just the, the spin at I don't the even, end. I don't want to give this away, because if you haven't seen this movie, you gotta watch it. I'm not gonna... Okay. Then, yeah. I'm not gonna say. It's a huge twist at the end. It's, it's such amazing. a good movie. Okay, um... Then we have Memento, 2000, director Christopher Nolan. This movie is also a very weird one to think about. Messes with your mind. Why? Because this guy has that thing where he wakes up and can't remember stuff. Yeah, but how was the movie structured? It was structured backwards. Yeah, that's why this is the only (laughs) way that this movie is so weird. You know? The train the thing of events happen backwards? Yeah, like every scene occurs before the scene that should occur before it. It's like the entire movie's backwards. Yeah, I think I slightly remember that. What? The okay. Dude, I really just if, <laughs> if I only see a movie once, do not expect me to remember everything about it. <sighs> Alright, well. This is one of that's one of my favorite movies actually. I really would like to watch it again. Okay. Um then I put in here Gran Torino, director Clint Eastwood, 2008. Also starring Clint Eastwood. Also starring the cute old man that is Clint Eastwood. I mean. <laughs> Even though he's he's a little bit. Uh, Ragged, raggedy. He's a little raggedy. He's a little crusty. A little bit conservative for my taste, but I still like him. I still love him. I wish he was my grandpa. I, I don't know about that, but. I'd take him. Mm. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little short on grandpas right now. I I'll think take I'll him. just take his son. Because he's pretty cute. No, because, I don't know. Yeah. When when I first heard of Scott Eastwood and, and, and saw that he looked just like... His father. Young Clint Eastwood. I was like... 
this is too good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure he's not he's not as good of an actor. No. He's not. And he's not. And that's and that's what part of made Clint Eastwood very attractive. Yeah, because he was really good. He was one super attractive. Two fantastic actor, which just makes him more attractive. And in this movie he's great. It's just about, you know, overcoming prejudice. An and, old man. Yeah. And, and a car. In his car and he's really important to him and he ends up giving it to this kid who's a Filipino, I think. Yeah. And uh who Nobody agrees with this choice, and who what? It was a gang wants the kid to join, and they're like picking on him or something. Yeah, like but he like works him. for Clint Eastwood because he like went on his lawn one day, and he was like, "Hey, kid, get off my lawn!" And he's like, "Oh, sorry, man." And he's like, "You gotta work for me now." You know? Doesn't he like that? That's basically, a, that's exactly how that's that the whole that's, movie. That's exactly how that would have happened. <laughs> like okay. you step on Clint Eastwood's grass, you work for him for eighty years. Yep. Uh, until he dies. So then I put the animation genre. Which we watched two movies here. Is it? Yeah, we watched two animated movies. Alright. The first one was Spirited Away, 2001, director Hayao Miyazaki. Let's let's be honest, this is where my love for Miyazaki really stemmed from, because I don't think I'd seen one up until this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I had seen a single Hayao film. And then you did an essay on it. I then did you, because then you watched like two other ones of his. I I went completely because no, you did like an anime one. This I think this might have sparked my love for anime. I think it did because Spirited Away. I mean, I I had also been a longtime lover of Sailor Moon. That was always my guilty pleasure as a child. Um, and so I I knew that it was always there, but watching Spirited Away was just and just really seeing how grown up and complex. These animated movies could be. They're the height of anime, though. They're like the gold. There there are some really good shows out there. I know, but Miyazaki movies are the top. Some of them are. So, some of them are way better than others. Some oh, of, yeah. Some of them are just childish. Oh, yeah, but Spirited Away? Spirited Away is definitely one of the more it's complex. So and then how Moving Castle? A bit, a bit more complex and confusing. It probably, I mean, a kid would still love to watch it, but... You yeah. really got to be a grown up to then really you watch, appreciate he it. Did that, he did that. Then you did another thing for your essay. You wrote. Oh man, I wish I'd you found watched that, Grave I of watched, the Fireflies. Right? I watched some great stuff. Yeah, you watched yeah. like several other. I ones. watched um, Grave of the Fireflies, Grave and then you Grave watched of the Fireflies, and I watched this other one about, which was super sad. Then you watched one about robots, didn't you? Or was that Grave of the Fireflies? Oh man. Anyways, we could do a whole one on anime. We just don't need to talk about that, but. Spirited Away, great, awesome, super surreal, amazing, pushes the extent of it, like animation, just like, but so much, it makes you think about what is reality and like what you, how you picture things. It's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have, we watched The Incredibles, which according to Ms. M, is the best animated movie of like... Disney movie? Disney. Yeah, Disney I think Pixar? that's what she was, she was trying to say. Yeah, because during, during our year with her, she told us a lot about which movies she did not like. Yes. Which one? Avatar. She hated Avatar. She had hated Avatar. Like, the And, the and, I, and I'm pretty sure she Avatar. hated most Disney movies. Yeah, I think she wasn't might, a fan. Might have. But might she, have. she loved The Incredibles. She did. Because this movie... For good reason. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. 
it's it's probably one of Disney's best. It is, and and a lot of people just overlook it. But the story it, is so well thought out. It's so grown up, yet it's still so like it's kids a very love adult it. movie. It's very adult because it's got it's got like those those boring grow up like grown up aspects of it of like family life, but then yeah, just like, like action and adventure. But, like, real. Like, you feel. Like, you, you just feel like this is real. It feels like it could happen. Yeah, and it, Like, it's it's not very, like... It doesn't push push too hard. It, it's very good. It sits right on top of what you would believe. And, like, exactly how, how people would react to the supers. And... Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. I always have. It's very... Yeah, thinking back, it's very serious. But it, it also... It's also a, a tribute film to the comic books in the 50s and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it's not completely original, which is kind of hard to wrap your head around, but it is a superhero movie. So mm-hmm. They are trying to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that because of that, it is a really good movie, but it's also not an original film. So that's also where it has a fault. Yeah, and it was interesting seeing how... What's the what's Mr. Incredible's name? Oh, um, like Rob. Bob, Bob. Bob Parr. Bob Parr. That's his name. That is such a dad name. Yeah, right? And what's, what's the wife's the name? The wife's is, uh, like Karen or something? Something. Something. Carol, pa- Carol Parr. Parr. Yeah, Karen that's their Parr. names. Yeah. Such, such mom and dad They names. are so, I and it's it so, much. so good. Like, di- I'm sorry I keep saying that, but. D- d- but that's what it is. I mean. Uh, it's really difficult to put into words, but. You know, yeah, it's a good movie. All right, um, we'll move on. We had a foreign language, like, three movies we watched that were foreign language movies. Um, we did. The one I found wasn't Charging Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It actually was House of Flying Daggers from China, 2004, director Yimou Zhang. Yeah, which I remember, I don't remember specifically seeing this in the movie, but before we watched it, Miss M told us, to look for the different colors. Yeah, and there were like four different colors in this movie. Yeah, which I, I, I'd like to watch that again because I remember liking it. Uh, it's about a blind woman who's really good with knives. And I, I think the lady in it might be the lady who's in Memoirs of a Geisha. Maybe. I, and I uh, like yeah, her. there was a lot of really amazing action shots in slow motion and lots of, uh, lots of like long fabric twisting in the air. Like, that was what this movie was like. Aesthetically. And, and pretty bright colors. Very bright colors. Very bright. And this woman who was supposed to be blind. Yeah. And the man, like, loved her. Yeah. Was, you know, yeah. Got a lot of elements of some other Chinese movies. I remember being very pretty. Yes, a very gorgeous movie. Then we watched um, Cinema Paradiso from Italy, 1988. Giuseppe, director Giuseppe Tornatore. Mm-hmm. This movie is is one of my favorites because it's an Italian, it's a Sicilian story, and I'm Sicilian, so I, I actually really take this movie to heart, and it's, it's a very sweet movie. It's a, it's a very uh, sweet thing, a boy who loves film carries that into his young adult life, mm-hmm. and then into his adult life, and it is just uh, really nice to watch him and his entire city react and, and organize around this about around the cinema. Yeah. And then uh, we had one, a Swedish one that I don't remember. I don't remember much of. But I, it was called My Life as a Dog. 
1985, director Lassie Hallstrom. <laughs> wow. Lass? Lass Hallstrom? I don't, I don't know. Lasse Hallstrom? <laughs> sure. Swedish. It's. I remember just being about this kid. Yeah, I remember. That's this, all I remember. And yeah, then I he had, like, a part weird he was, mom situation. Was it a mom situation? Or he, he was, he he was had, spying had brother. on some woman. I remember him climbing yeah. up. He was like separated from his brother, and he was, he was like an orphan almost or something, and he was like living with these people he didn't know. We're almost done. I promise. We're getting there. Do you promise? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we have war films, contemporary war done. films. We didn't watch this one. Oh, one of them I think I see. War films. War films. Contemporary war films. Uh, Apocalypse Now, nineteen seventy nine. Director Francis Ford Coppola again. This this is a Heart of Darkness. If you didn't read that book in high school, um, somebody goes into the forest and basically finds their Heart of Darkness. It's like that's there's a lot of scary stuff, and especially inside the human psyche. Mm-hmm. And this all just takes place in the backdrop of the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. a very hot and sticky place. Yes, lots of lots of crazy stuff going on. And that is this movie. It's just napalm and yelling. Nothing like the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah, and... Which does uh, not sound like a very good thing to smell in the morning. You really feel like you're there when you watch this movie. Especially the sticky. Yeah. Sticky. And the... Sticky hot. The, like, going mad because you're in this environment for so long. It's an epic movie. And Marlon being scary. Marlon's so scary. Marlon Brando. Being very creepy. Because what, what, didn't he definitely go insane? Yeah. And he was like, he, he was, he, he hurts. like started, he, he started his own like tribe or like, something. Yeah, tribe or something. Yeah. But they actually because, killed because they, a cow. Because they found him, yeah, they like found him. But in the movie, they actually hit that cow with an axe. Like that was before it was like. I not okay to hurt hurt animals in I the movies. I remember seeing that, and it was a real, a real animal that they like axed to death. Oh, hopefully they got that in one take. They did. Ugh. that's awful. Yeah, but I, 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 I do, do like being, that movie though. Scarred by that. I like that movie though, despite how insane it is. I really like it. I don't remember much of it. Okay, um, Thin Red Line, nineteen ninety eight, director Terrence Malick. So, this is kind of a funny story, because we heard that Jared Leto was in this movie, and we stayed awake to see him die, and then we we fell asleep. Yeah, we knew he was going to be in it for about two minutes. Yeah. And so... And he died pretty hardcore, too. Yeah, so... He's crawling through the grass. Especially high school Emily and her love for Jared Leto, I, I persevered and stayed awake, said I could see... All of Jared Leto's parts in the movie and then went to sleep. You know, I think you and I will watch some Terrence Malick's movies and talk about them in the future. Think so? I think we can do it. Okay. They are, if anything, endurance pieces. That's true. Show show our endurance. Yeah, we can do it. They're beautiful. <sighs> okay. Um, then we had Schindler's List, 1993, director Steven Spielberg. Yep. Yeah, you you get what you're gonna get with this movie, which is a lot of a lot of depression. Uh, depre- but it's also has a happy ending, and 
Does it? It does. He saves the people. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then in the end, they go to his grave, and then they're like, you saved us. Thank you, Shinra. You know? Yeah. That was good. That's great. Liam Liam Neeson. Yeah. Great. Liam Neeson and... Uh, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. It's amazing. He was so evil. He was... Rafe is very evil. But, th- yeah, this movie was one of those ones that has a kind of a happy ending for the for some, some Jewish people. Because it takes place in the background of the Holocaust. During the Holocaust. And why was the one girl's jacket red? Oh, so this movie's black and white. And there are... Fully. Like, fully, fully black like and white. But there are... Except. There are just slight pops of color. And one of them was a red girl's jacket. I don't remember when any other ones were, but I think it was just to be... Actually, I, th- I thought the only color was her jacket. Maybe. I think it was just to be striking. I think it was to to notice that she was a person and she was going to die. That yeah. she was a Jew. Because I do, I do remember it being a very intense scene. It was a good... Like, it was a very organized movie. And, of course, it's a Steven Spielberg movie, so it's got, like, a lot of emotion, a really great movie score. And, uh... Great actors. Great actors, yeah. You know what you're going to get with that movie. Um, so then I have the last section, the contemporary dramedy, <laughs> because Dram- all of these are like comedy dramas, Con- except for maybe the first one. But. Contemporary dramedy? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's such a large... I like it. It's great. Uh, all right. Um, the first one is Annie Hall, directed by Woody Allen, 1977, and I was really excited to watch this movie. And I didn't like it as much as I thought I wanted. Like, I wanted to really like it, but I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Didn't we all see 500 Days of Summer? Oh, did we? Didn't we? Did we watch 500 Days of Summer? Well, anyways, everybody knows how awesome that movie is. I don't think we need to really talk about it. Which, I mean, when, which, speaking of Annie Hall, it, 500 Days of Summer was supposed to be kind of like that. It was. And it was kind of like that. It, 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 Where it was it, like, this guy meets a girl, he thinks... But the timeline's all over the place, and really that's is. why the movie is so... Like, yeah, it's like the updated Annie Hall. It really is. And Annie Hall is... I think I will have to watch that again. I think you didn't really like it that much. Just because I'm not too crazy about Woody Allen. Yeah, and... But, but you know... Because then, then I also had to watch... I watched a few other... Woody Allen films for something. I don't know if it oh, was... Oh, it was it for was, an essay. Like, I had to watch her? Hannah and her, his, her and her sisters, and I didn't really like that one very I had much. to watch, like, Christine something, like Christina uh-huh. or something. With, oh, Vicky Christina Barcelona. Yeah. Oh. I watched that one for something. He's made a lot of genres of films, though. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too crazy about Woody Allen. It's just his his characters that he makes. I don't like his characters. <laughs> Yeah, and and really, Annie Hall is just a lot of just annoying people talking to each other without bras on because it's in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, but there's good things about that movie. I'm not saying it's bad. I think we just didn't like it that much. Like no. my favorite one of his is Mid- Midnight in Paris. I freaking love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. That's all right. Oh, I love that movie. I love it. I'm glad you like it. Well, it's it's like the only one I really like from him, anyways. Yeah, are you gonna watch his uh his show? Oh, maybe, yeah. The one on Amazon right now? Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. Okay. I'll tell you how it is. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um, then, <laughs> Down by Law, 1986 by director Jim Jarmusch. Uh, Do I remember this? <laughs> this movie was black and white. <laughs> so I, I, I actually was asleep for a good chunk of this movie. 
what is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is about three guys who get put into prison. One of them is Roberto Benigni, who's an Italian actor. Uh, he doesn't speak a lot of English in this movie. He, uh, the three of them are stuck in communication jail. barrier. Yeah, they're stuck in jail. He's and, funny, isn't and he? He's funny, yeah. He's and he's funny. like, we all scream for ice cream. Do you remember that part? Maybe. Okay. Basically, they're driving around, they get put in jail, then they escape from jail. That's the movie. Okay. Like, I don't really remember what happens after they escape from jail. It's in black and white, though, and a majority of it takes place at night. So it's like... You're not seeing anything because it's nighttime and it's in black and white. Yeah, I do remember them like they were running. Like, they were like running through the trees or something, but yeah, it was or like, funny. Or like, or like in a swamp. It was a funny movie. Yeah, I don't remember. But it's like Jim Jarmusch's style is uh, it's just chill. It's just mellow, you know. I can see that. Yeah. Um, do the right thing. 1989. Director Spike Lee. I remember liking this one. This one has some fun music. Some, some bright flashy colors. colors. Yeah. Some great dancing, especially by Rosie Perez right in the beginning of the movie. And that's when I found out that Rosie Perez was the voice <laughs> of 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 Chell. Of Chell. In El Dorado. Oh, she's I, amazing. I remember flipping my when I when, <laughs> yeah. I when I like recognized her voice and I was like, El Sandra. She's awesome. That's Chell. I know. She's great. El Dorado. Great and movie. Just, Watch and also it. Spike Lee has a main role in this film. And I didn't even know that until like the end of the movie and I was like, that's Spike Lee? Because yeah. he's such a young guy. He really is. And this movie's very complicated. Mm-hmm. And it just like takes place on a, on a street in like New York. And it's just like about about the different races that live on the street. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun on, on a very hot day. On a very, very hot where, day. Where tensions rise. Another way you can see how hot they are and you like feel like you're really there because it's such a vibrant film. Yes, it's just... And seeing everything un- unfold on this extremely, excruciatingly hot day. Excruciating! Yeah, it's, it's uh, worth another watch, I think, because... I just remember really enjoying Rosie Perez's dancing in the beginning of the movie. I don't remember that part. I do. Oh, wait. It's the very beginning of the movie. Was she wearing high-waisted pants? Yeah, she's dancing to do the right thing, like the song. And yeah. she's just, like, doing some awesome moves and going nuts. That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we have Fargo, 1996, directed by the Coen brothers. This movie's start of the love for the Coen Brothers. Oh Jesus! This, this, but a lot of people really like this movie, and I totally understand. But I actually liked them before them because I saw The Big Lebowski. Cause my dad's a big fan. Um, mm. they're the Coen Brothers as well. But I actually need to finish The Big Lebowski. Um, they're they have a comedy that is unlike any other. I think it's extremely dark. Okay, the actress of this movie, Frances McDormand, who's married to one of the Coen Brothers. Yes, she is, like. So brilliant. I think she won the Oscar for Best best, uh, Actress in this movie. Yeah, she did. Because Mm. her performance is just exceptional. If anything, watch the movie because of her. Because she is such a strong woman, Mm -hmm. and she's like eight months pregnant in the whole movie. Yeah. And And it's like... she's still out doing her police work. Oh. Oh, yeah. In, in like, the coldest state ever. The coldest atmosphere that you could see and you just feel this so much it's like the complete opposite of apocalypse now yeah yeah it is because that's like wet and sticky to 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 
freezing to, to freezing and sweaty, which is a whole different type of thing. And there's one of my favorite parts of the movie is when she's she's like going up to this car that's these people have been murdered at. Uh huh. She walks up to them, she sees them, and she kind of leans over and she's like, you know, she's like gonna be sick. Yeah. And you think she's gonna be sick because she's seen all this blood, but then they're like, "Are you okay, Marge?" And then she's like. Oh, yeah, it's just a morning sickness. Like, it's not because she's seen all of this, like, terrible, like, murder. Yeah. It's because she's just pregnant and she's, like, getting morning sickness. Like, yeah. I love that part. Just, yeah. She's great. Yeah. So, okay. Last, uh, the last Coen Brothers movie. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, 2000. This one is based off the Odyssey. It's, it's an allegorical film. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of those elements in this movie. The singing is like bluegrass music. Um, George Clooney's in it. It's a really nice like story based on the Odyssey. Um, it takes place in like the South in like the fifties or the forties or something. Mm-hmm. It's the fifties. Um, or no, no, it's like the thirties, isn't it? It's like before that. It's like the Depression. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and. Uh, I just remember this one pretty song being in it. The one with the sirens? I think so. Yeah. 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 Cause and then they also the sing that song like, I'm rolling camel. Oh, yeah, when, when George Clooney's singing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. wearing the beards? Oh, they're wearing the beards on the stage because yeah, they're, they're, like, they're like hiding, right? They do this song and it goes national. Like they, they sing a song and then everybody loves it. Yeah. And it's like, I will learn how to learn how to Like, that's kind of how it goes, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I gotta watch this one again, too, because it's a, another very vibrant movie, very uh, wonderful storytelling. Don't you have this movie? I probably do. I, I think, think you, I do on DVD. I think you do. Yes. I, I think I borrowed it one time and then never watched it. Do you have it, then? The mo- um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, maybe I gave it back. So, before I do the last films, the last film on this list. Yes. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, before I do that, I'm going to have some honorable mentions that our teacher actually told us that we didn't have time to watch. That she was going to maybe add to the list, but didn't. Which is Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. and uh, Federico Fellini's Nine and a Half. So, those are the ones we didn't get to watch, but we've seen Empire Strikes Back. I don't think I've seen Nine and a Half, but I have seen Little Chivita, which is uh, another Fellini film. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you like to do the honors and say the last film? We did not watch this last, but it... it <laughs> yeah, no, we, we definitely watched it, like, way... <sighs> it was in, in the middle. Early. It was in the middle. Yeah? Yeah. And it took us, like, four school days to watch. Which was fantastic. I totally do not mind. Um, okay. Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Is just the most epic and romantic and expensive movie so bright and colorful. The costuming is just beautiful. And we got we got Clark Gable. We got Vivian Lee. Yes. And just everyone else. Even even Ashley. 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 And, and uh, Melanie. Yeah. They're just... Oh my gosh. It's a vibrant movie. Um, and of course it, it is like... The, the time that it is kind of a racist movie and we have to it is a racist movie we have to accept that it is definitely because it's still during the time when like slavery was still no I mean they didn't make it during slavery but well, it's, I know. About it's, it's about slavery it's about but it. it's also just the way that they 
like and also you know black people had no rights at, at that time either it wasn't like it was it was just terrible but mm-hmm. we try not to see you know um we, we see the whole thing as a whole i mean we understand that this movie has a lot of issues but it also is one of the greatest films of all time so i mean i don't know how you yeah there's just more than one thing it just covers so much I don't know. It's it's such a it's long an epic. Movie. It's an epic, epic movie. So you know, mm. you just got and you have to love how how strong Scarlett O'Hara is as a character for how shallow she can be. Oh, I know. And you you like love to hate that chick too. I I love her so much. She's so terrible, and just Clark just knows how to like get her to stop being such a bitch. Yeah. Like but she's just, just gonna be a bitch. She doesn't have, yeah, just the way that she is. It's just interesting how, how Clark Gable's character, um, Rhett, Rhett Butler, Rhett Butler, like it's just interesting how like he just he fell in love with her so hard when, I feel like he really didn't even know her. Well, she's just in love with Ashley the entire she time. She really is, and she really doesn't appreciate Rhett. No. And that's why he leaves her. And you're like, well, you should have left her a long time ago, Red. She didn't. She didn't ever <laughs> together. She she was. She had some issues, and she didn't love you. She had a lot of issues. She just loved herself. That was it. She she was. Well, also, she was in love with a fake person. The person she was in love with didn't love her, and was a completely like different person than she thought. So there's a lot of messages in this movie it's like you always want what you can't have you know yeah there's like a ton of character development and just seeing seeing it's just interesting seeing how people change their minds depending on what happens to them and what their paths of life are yeah because like so many different things happen through this movie where like you just constantly are seeing these characters change over the time like through the war and then before then when like they had nothing to worry about and you could just see like yeah. baby Scarlet not caring about anything and then she has to care about she just, everything. She just wears all these gorgeous dresses like she's and a she just little rich fl- girl. And she flirts with all the boys. And then she and just, just has, has no to cares. fend for herself like hardcore. Then just all the bad stuff starts happening and it's just it's just a very great story. They and I I love how long it is. Uh, yeah. so sometimes I wish movies were longer just that they could fit. They could just so that movies could make a more like filled story. <laughs> but so, I'm sorry. Sometimes, Some, no, sometimes I think I wish my books were longer. It's kind books, of the really? same. Yeah, because sometimes I read a story and I'm like, that was too short. I need more. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just feel like sometimes and especially a lot of movies these days, that there are stories can be expanded so much. And I just love, yeah. I just love how Gone with the Wind just took the time. They didn't care how long it was. Mm-hmm. They took the time to cover everything and to cover all the bases. They really just made this, which I, I've heard the book is a lot different from the movie. Yeah, I'm going to And that's read why that. our friend V also read the book. She loves the book. She reads it. Yeah. She reads it once a year. And apparently or something. it is like so sympathetic for towards uh towards Scarlet. Is it really? And the movie's not. Like the movie's not really sympathetic. You know, it, you, it, you it really, really it really for her, really you know? puts her in a very stuck up life. She really is. And even in the end you're like stuck up selfish. You put yourself in that position, Scarlet. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. But you still love her, but you're like 
girl, you did this to yourself. And it's interesting because V, she she loves Rhett, but she's yeah. she's afraid to watch the movie because she's afraid to not like Clark Gable. Yeah, or Scarlet. Or Scarlet. Yeah, and the, she loves these characters so much because she reads... We gotta, we gotta force her. We, you know what we gotta do? We gotta force her to watch this movie. Then we have to have her on this this podcast. <gasps> oh, and she's just amazing. gonna... She's gonna blow it to pieces. She's gonna hate it. She's gonna hate it. She's gonna hate oh, it so I'm much. so excited oh, for that. We can't do that. No, we're gonna defend it. We're gonna defend it. I, w- I would really like to read the book before then. Okay. I will too. I have it. She gave it to me for Christmas one year. I bought it for myself. Okay. So did I. Okay. Well, that was our list. And a sneak peek into the future. Yeah. We have a lot of things planned. We're going to um, do biographies for like all these actors or directors that we find really interesting. Um, we're also going to do some like themed ones. We're going to talk about specific movies that follow under a certain theme. Um, probably go see new movies. What yeah. Else? We... We really plan to be a lot more... I mean, this this is just more of, like, our introductory video, I mean, podcast of how we came to like movies. I mean, yeah, we just talked through a list of movies that we had seen that maybe had started, started this whole adventure. It really did. And I was a film major in college because of this class, so... I was not. It has but shaped my life. <laughs> it's still a hobby that I still enjoy to this day. Yeah, so. Well, we'll see you. Um, we'll hear from you, hopefully, um, in the coming weeks. And uh, you'll hear from us in the coming weeks. So, see you guys next time. That's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>